0: We're going to begin with a poem by Mary Oliver, The Snow Geese.
1: Snow Geese by Mary Oliver. Oh, to love what is lovely and will not last. What a task to ask of anything or anyone. Yet it is ours. And not by the century or the year, but by the hours. One full day, I heard above me, and above the sting of the wind, a sound I did not know, and my look shot upward. It was a flock of snow geese, winging it faster than the ones we usually see, and being the colour of snow, catching the sun so they were, in in part at least, golden. I held my breath, as we do sometimes, to stop time. When something wonderful has touched us, as with a match, which is lit and bright, but does not hurt in the common way, but delightfully, as if delight were the most serious thing you ever felt. The geese flew on. I have never seen them again. Maybe I will someday, somewhere. Maybe I won't. It doesn't matter. What matters is that when I saw them, I saw them as through the veil, secretly, joyfully, clearly.
0: So we're looking at the nature of wonder today. And um, that poem by Mary Oliver is all about wonder. I held my breath, as we do sometimes, to stop time when something wonderful has touched us. As with a match which is lit and bright but does not hurt in the common way, but delightfully, as if delight were the most serious thing you ever felt. Wandering on something wonderful, breathtaking, It's the description of the inner world meeting the outer world. And I think wonder is a good companion to last week's theme of presence. The presence is an outflowing from the inside, then wonder is to meet that outflowing from without. So if presence is an outflowing from the inside, then wonder is to meet that outflowing from without. It is an wonder is an appreciation of presence. That that hymn, holy, 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 that we sang today, is all about wonder. It's all about wonder. Holy, 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 all the saints adore thee, casting down their golden crowns upon the glassy sea. Cherubim and seraphim falling down before thee, who wert an art and evermore shall be. A wonderful sense of wonder. And and it echoes that last line of love divine, which we sang a couple of weeks ago. And it ends, love divine, fantastic ending, till we cast our throne, our crowns before you, till we cast our crowns before thee, lost in wonder, love, and praise. Wonder, love, and praise. You know, we sort of know about love, preach about it endlessly, and praise as well, but, but what about wonder? You know, where does wonder fit in on those, on those ideas in the spiritual Area. Well, wonder is a defined as a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration. Surprise mingled with ad- admiration, caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, or inexplicable. Awe, admiration, wonderment, fascination that, that's where it comes from, and it's from the Old English "wunder." which is a miraculous, marvellous thing, an object of astonishment. And we have lots of opportunity in the valley to wonder at the world here. Like Mary Oliver and the snow geese, we can be breathless every day. When I came down the 82 today, breathless at the sight of the snow-capped mountains and the greenery all around it, just amazing Oh, to love what is lovely and will not last. What a task to ask of anything or anyone, yet it is ours. And not by the century or the year, but the hours. That wonderment, we just look at it. We're asked to wonder at the world. And yet, you know, most of the time we just take things for granted. Even going down 82 every day, every day, every day, especially when the roundabout's being paved on Tuesday, we will not have that sense of wonderment at the mountains. We'll be cursing ourselves at why they decided to do it now and what's going on. You know, we, it seems that, you know, we take things for granted in our busy life. We know everything. We've seen everything. And, you know, the world then becomes a smaller place. Wonder comes in short supply. The awful repost that many sometimes use when they are not wondering, they just say, whatever, you know, just disses everything, you know. You say, well, have you seen this? Whatever. And in in our minds, you know, that's there. And yet, the idea of the seven wonders of the world being to touch and to see and to taste and to smell and so on, and the things around us to wonder at. And yet, you know, we only do it a small amount of times. Unlike bad experiences, which we have that seem to stick to us like Velcro, wonder is almost an experience like Teflon. It just shoots off once it's been there. Scientists say that actually that the reason for that is that the brain is built to deal with difficulty. And therefore, difficult experiences stick with us. They're much more difficult to get rid of. But with wonderment, we, really, we merely recognize it. And scientists say that really to have an experience of wonder, you have to spend at least 15 seconds looking at something for it to really go in. (laughs) Yeah, that's 15 seconds. Uh, And you know, for it to really go in, rather than just noticing it. Oh, look, looks nice. For it to have an impact and to take it in, 15 seconds. And that's what it means, you tell your, I can tell my children, the joy of eating slowly. I mean, Samuel, don't say this, right? he'll take a big piece of steak and just swallow it straight down. You know, you know, but the difference between that and eating it slowly or noticing the color of the trees, which we can now, staying with it rather than, go, oh, look, they've gone a bit green today, yes. And then going back to you listen to the radio or whatever you're doing. It all builds our appreciation of wonder. And remember that wonderful idea that that wealth is the ability to appreciate experience. It's not money in the bank. Wealth is the ability to appreciate experience. So to wonder fully and deeply is really to appreciate life. To bring present to the natural world, to bring ourselves present to the natural world, wondering at it, is reading yourself. That, 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 that sense of wonderment at the natural world is really readying yourself for the real presence. I mentioned last week that the idea that the natural world is the fifth gospel. And it says that in Genesis somewhere. You, know, that you will see me in everything. The natural world is the fifth gospel. And therefore, to wonder at the natural world is to wonder at the real presence, that real presence that we were talking about last week. And it it is the combining of that presence that transforms us, the presence that comes from within and the wonderment we experience when we meet it from the outside. It is those two things together that transform us. God invites us to wonder. That that beauty is an invitation to wonder. That's why it's there. Beauty and truth are an invitation to wonder. And in wonderment, we experience that presence when we meet it from the outside. God invites us to wonder. She invites us through wonder, that, that idea that fear or wonder, there's a bit of fear and wonder together, is the beginning of wisdom. That wonderment invites us. And when we wonder, we empty out. Kenosis, that's the words used in the gospel. You empty yourself out. First, the first moment comes from God, the invitation through beauty. Before we wonder, we're invited to wonder. And because of that wonder, whatever it is, is the recognition of the presence that's behind it. Whatever it is that we're wandering at, the object of awe, of admiration, of wonderment and fascination. Somewhere we are thrown into an encounter with the real presence of life through our wonderment. It is that presence that's inviting us. And that wonder turns out to be a precursor to not knowing. It's interesting, when you think of wonder, you know, and you think of meeting that presence, you think, oh, what will enable you to know? Well, actually, it doesn't. When you have an experience of wonder, you don't go, ah, now I understand. You just go, ah. You wonder at it. You enter into not knowing. You just don't know about wonderment. And then through that entering into not knowing, you enter into the cloud of unknowing. It is the unknowing, wonderment, invites you to not know, and wonderment invites you to contemplation. That is where wonderment leads. Wonderment leads to contemplation. Wonder is, in fact, the door to the contemplative life. Wonder is the door to contemplative life. Without wonder, there is no contemplation. And what are we contemplating in that wonder? Wonder. We're contemplating the divine, whether we know it or not. We're contemplating the divine, something we cannot know, something we can only contemplate. You cannot know the divine. You can only contemplate it because all description of God is a metaphor. All description of God is a meta- metaphor. We can never know God because for God to be God, God must be bigger than the whole universe. For God to be God, God must be bigger than the whole universe. It makes sense, doesn't it? You've got to be bigger than everything's out there. Now, the proper distance, the distance as would be measured at a specific time, including the present, between the earth and the edge of the observable universe is 46 billion light years, making the diameter... You get these facts here, don't you, you know? The diameter of the observable universe is 91 billion light years. The diameter of the observable universe is 91 billion light years. Now put that in your pipe and smoke it. And after you've worked out, now try and describe God. You can't. I mean, it's just not describable. It's an impossible task. And we can only use metaphors because God is relationality itself. That's what it comes down to. The best metaphor we have for God is relationality. Wonder and presence meeting. Presence meeting presence through wonder. Wonder and presence meeting. That is the re- relationality that we have with God. It's a relationality of wonder and presence. And that relationality is actually the relationality between the three parts of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That relationality of presence and wonder is how those three parts from God exist. The important thing is not the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's the way that they relate together. One part emptying out into the other. Wonder and presence meeting. Real presence meeting real presence. And so it goes on in creating the universe. That's the metaphor that we have. That's the best we can get. And wonder is our response to that. We glimpse the trees at the sunset. We glimpse it in a baby's face. Our response is wonder. We're not in control. We never were and never will be. And our role is to be, wait for it, the fourth part of the Trinity, observing through wonder the other three. Now, I've got a prop here. This is Rublev's icon of the Trinity. This is Rublev's icon in the Trinity. And this is a very traditional icon, 13th, 12th, something like that century. Can you all see that? This and you've got the Father who through his hand is emptying out to the Son here and the Holy Spirit here. It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's the icon of the Trinity. And when this was displayed, it just shows the relationality between the three. And when this used to be displayed, you can see a little mark here. And what used to happen when they knew what was going on is that what they would do when they displayed this is they would put a mirror in the third, in the place, which showed our relationship, us individually, in our wonderment, in all the wonder that we have of life, exists as part of that relationship with God. And we are part of that Holy Trinity. So we we exist. That is our relationship to it. And wonderment is the wondering. And we see this Trinity in the trees, in the baby's face, in the existence of love. All of that is there. And the way that we participate is through wonder and contemplation. Whether it's looking at an icon, whether it's looking at a tree, whatever it's looking at, we participate in that way. And in doing that, we find out who we really are in God. We are part of that. We are a creative part of the Trinity. Our role is to assume our role of wondering at the nature of the eternal self. So every time we look critical, know that you're not wondering at the nature of the eternal self. It is the wonderment that creates our relationship with God. We are the person that knows God as an object of wonderment. That, that's our role, to wonder. That's the only thing we have to do, to wonder at God. And that is the arrival at the yes to life. That is the yes to life. It comes after wonder. The veil is lifted. And we see not through a glass darkly, but face to face. The veil is lifted. There's that wonderful idea that you know, when Jesus was crucified, the veil of the temple was rent in twain. That's what happened. And the veil of the temple used to define what was sacred and what was profane. Now, do you know what the where the word profane comes from? It comes from profanum, outside pro farnum," the temple. Outside the temple, profane. So when the veil of the temple was rent in twain, it meant that everything was holy. It was, it was the, the description, the lesson that there was no temple. There was everything being holy. And our wonderment is wondering at everything being holy. God not just being placed in a temple. Our wonder is our acknowledgement of the holiness of all. That God is in all things and around us. And we can wonder at that. I held my breath. As we, do to, as we do so sometimes, to stop time when something wonderful has touched us, as with a match which lit and bright but does not hurt in the common way, but delightfully, as if delight were the most serious thing you ever felt. The geese flew on. I've never seen them again. Maybe I will someday, somewhere. Maybe I won't. It doesn't matter. What matters is that I saw them. I saw them as through the veil, secretly, joyfully, clearly. Let's pray. Oh, we ask you to open our eyes to wonder at the world, to wonder at your presence in all things around us, to say yes to that wonderment and to life and to take our part in the process of transformation as a witness to the wonder of all life. Pray for our beautiful place here, the chapel, the town, the valley. Give thanks for the wonder that we see there the wonder of our community. And we do especially pray for those struggling at the moment. Pray for Ruby, Sophie Cato's school friend who's missing. Philip Hodgson. Getting better from his stroke now. Patricia Hill. Barbara Orcutt. Georgina Ortiz, Will Welsh. Pray for Sharon, who's here today, and her family. Pray for Nikolai. Pray for the service on June the 5th at Country Day. Pray for Susan Walker, whose husband Bob died yesterday. And we just pray those who've just heard that will have been asked to pray by the family. Pray for Matthew, who died of pneumonia only twenty six, after a successful struggle with recovery. we think of the family of Kelly Skank, who died a year ago at this time. Lord, we get struck by difficulty in our lives. We just pray that you assist us and help us. We pray this in your holy name.